ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Heel Turn, our live weekly wrestling show and the official podcast of ProWrestling.Cool. This week's episode brought to you by absolutely nobody, because we don't take advertising. We got a Patreon. Oh. You can give us money at patreon.com slash pwc. It's pretty cool. It is not just cool, it's dot cool. But before we, you know, tell you to give us money, well, I guess we already did tell you to give us money, so True. fuck that, but... Hey, maybe we should show you exactly why you should give us money by doing this podcast that we do. That's right. And we're going to be, this week, as always, we're going to be talking about WWE, which means we're going to talk about Raw, which is okay. SmackDown, which is a different kind of okay. NXT, which is starting to pick up some momentum. I do have a little bit to talk about with Impact, believe it or not. I, I have heard this. And of course, we're starting to build... For WWE Battleground. Possibly the best pay-per-view of the year. I don't know about that, but it it sure does sound dopey in a fun way, potentially. Indeed. I'm Owen, joined as always by John. And we're joined as always by the listeners out there in internet land. Isn't that cool? It's not cool. We're streaming live over at Mixler.com slash Zonecast and Twitch.tv slash OzoneOnline. Uh, check us out. We're monitoring our chats there and our Twitter at The Heel Turn. So send us your questions and your comments and we'll get to them as we deem fit. Owen. Yo, John. What's up? Uh, not much. I'm, I'm playing Knack. That's, that's a bad game. What are you doing? I'm, I've only got a couple, I've only got a couple trophies left. What are you doing? Why would you do this to yourself? Because I want to, I want to play Knack too. Why would you do that? Because the trailer had "Move Your Feet" by Junior Senior in it. So what? The a bunch of things have "Move Your Feet" by Junior Senior in not, them. Not, not recently. That doesn't mean it's good. The fucking Knack had "How You Like Me Now." That yeah. doesn't mean it's good. Oh, I, I like that part. I finally got to see that part. I finally beat Knack. I was like, okay, I get the dancing part. This is cool. John, I'm doing it because I like co-op games, and as and I'm starting to do streaming stuff, so maybe doing a streaming co-op game would be a good idea. That's a bad co-op game, though. Knack 2? You don't know. I mean, if it's anything like Knack 1, I feel pretty confident in saying this. Here's the thing, John. I thought Knack initially was real bad, but then I figured out how the combat works, and now it's, it's really good. God of War, but shitty. No, what do, what do you not. mean? Like, it's like a, oh it's man, like a lot more strategy. What? Go on. Because the whole, you know, having to use the, you know, the dash in the middle of attacks and learning enemy patterns and stuff. Because when you get up to the hard, hard difficulties, like I'm playing it on hard right now, like a few hits will kill you. I'm aware. I've the hard is the difficulty that I have played that entire game on, and I hate that game, and I think that game is bad. Well, I played it on easy. Actually, I played it on normal first, then I played it on easy. I'm like, okay, now I, now I'm getting more comfortable with the game. Now I'm playing it on hard. Also, I've unlocked all the different necks. Really bad. The diamond neck's pretty cool. Neck is a really bad game. I might have the diamond neck. I have a bunch of necks. Yeah, diamond neck. I have some necks. Cool. The necks are bad. The Knack is a bad game. Yeah, I, well, John, you, you're a person who plays Sonic 2006. I, look, how do you think I know a thing or two about bad games? I, I have played a bunch of bad games in my time to know that Knack is a bad game that makes me angry. 
Although, it, unlike Sonic 2K6, it doesn't make me angry in a way that's like, I'm fascinated by. John, Because really, let's just be honest here, since we're discussing it, Sonic 2K6 is a thing that just shouldn't even exist. Yeah. You should knack. The fa- well, you know, because the thing is, I feel like knack is at least, like, competent, and has, like, actual design to it. Sure. It's just, like design that feels like it's straight out of, like, 1998 or whatever. That seems okay. Maybe that's why I like it. I like 1998. I've heard this about you. Hmm? Speaking of which, um... Actually, I don't know the years for this game, so I might be completely wrong. Uh, This Friday, coming out is the Crash Bandicoot trilogy thing. I want to say that Crash 3 was 1998. There we go. Cool. Maybe it was 97? I don't know. Whatever. Crash is from that time period. Crash Team Racing! That is not in, the, in this package. It's Crash 1 and 2 and Fuck three. that! It is preloaded on my PlayStation 4. I'm ready. Well, uh, isn't that cool? It's uh, it's not even that cool. It's just cool. Isn't that ratitudinal? I honestly, I... I Marsupial. I played a bunch of the first Crash Bandicoot, never like gotten past a certain point in it. I have no memories of any other Crash game after, like, the first one. Aside from, like, playing a little bit of Crash Team Racing and thinking, this is alright. See, here's the thing. Like, I I didn't own Crash 1. It was before I had a PlayStation 1 and I played it at my cousin's house. So, I figured out, like, I'm real, I was really young at the time. Like, this game's really hard. I, I can't beat this game. However... I did get Crash 2. I eventually got PlayStation 1, and I got Crash 2 and 3. And those games are very good. You, you ride a I hear that in one of them, he has a motorcycle. Oh, was, oh you cut me off. There we go. See, See we're on the same wavelength. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Crash 3 is a motorcycle. And uh, in Crash 2, you're in the uh, space station a bunch. And you swim. And you do a dance. It's It's good. What's the deal with the the small girl Crash Bandicoot? A Coco? Yeah. Coco is his, sis- his young sister. She, okay. rides a- she rides a tiger. Sure. Also, which is really cool, is that in this collection, uh, because we have a friend of ours that likes, they ask the question about every game, can I play a lady? And the answer is, in this one, Yes. You can There's play Coco in all three games. Really? And she'll play just like Crash does. Along right, with then. the uh, you know the Coco exclusive sections of those games. Alright then. So I think that's really cool. That's that's a cool little thing to throw in. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to this game. I'm gonna I'm gonna play it over the holiday weekend. It'll be a good time. I got a game, actually, now that I think about it. What game? It's called Drive, Drive, Drive. I I saw you on my list while I was checking my Knack stuff. I was like, I don't know what this is. It's, uh, it's on, it was on the PlayStation Store uh, during the Flash sale. It it was like a $20 game that was like 7 bucks, so I picked it up. Nice. Uh, During that sale, I picked up uh, Wolfenstein, The New Order. Ooh, nice. It was $10. Very nice. It's a good game. Or, I hear it's a very good game. I've ever played it, actually. I'm probably going to do some streaming with it. Oh, nice. So, you can check that out. Yeah, the Drive, Drive, Drive is actually pretty cool. Um, it's 
basically think about it's burnout, but if it played a little a bunch of like Trackmania okay. and so yeah, burnout with meets Trackmania, but also like four dimensional chess. Is there a car collision? There is absolutely car collision, and oh, that's boy. why it is like burnout. But the track, but the tracks are all generated through like a track generator oh, that Jesus. makes it like Trackmania. Okay. Except it's all cyber and shit, and uh, also you are racing like four different races at the same time. Also, how much share is in it? No share. Uh, I mean, you could look, man. You can custom soundtrack all the share you want, bro. Okay, fine, fair enough. Fair enough. Just go on the the share Spotify list on on Spotify, and you're good to go, man. PlayStation, we're in the future. Mm-hmm. Oh no, it's pretty cool. Like I really like the gimmick of you're racing like four different races at once, and you have to like switch between like you know your different AI racers or like the different tracks, and like you know it's the same track every single time, mm-hmm. but like you know they they like look slightly different because you're in like weird cyber dystopia future or some shit, and like. Yeah, it's it's a really dumb but neat little gimmick. Sounds cool. Yeah. Maybe I'll stream that because it's a, it's a weird game. Yeah. And you should see it. Or maybe we'll just share play it or something. I don't know. Yeah, I, I have to uh, start saving up some money because, number one, my credit card went, why'd you buy all those Rock Band songs during Bloodstone Week? I'm like, I don't know. I'm sorry. Like, seemed like a good idea at the time. Like, like yeah, you you like bought over a hundred dollars worth of songs. What's wrong with you? Oopsies. I was like, ah, you know, that's a lot of songs. Yeah, well, I, I the way I saw it, like I'll need these in the future for other challenges, so I might as well just do it now. What would you buy? I bought everything that was I didn't have for the challenge. Jeez. Yeah, dude. It was crazy. It was a lot. It was a lot, but I see. I need to start saving up my money because. Uh, next month is the uh, the beta for Destiny 2, and I need the pre-order to get into the, the exclusive part. Great. What a what an exciting game. I can't wait for more Destiny. It's my favorite game oh, ever. Here's, here's the thing, though, John. I yeah, like I, hear the Des- I hear the Destiny 2 actually does look very good. And, like, as someone who likes the idea of Destiny maybe being a game that I care about instead of one that I don't, like, I'm willing to give it another shot. So here's the thing. Like, Des- I played the first Destiny, and it was fun. But the problem was I didn't have people to play with regularly. And that's, like, a big thing is, you know, getting in groups, just you know, talking while you're just going around doing tasks around the different zones and whatnot. But this time, it looks like more people that I know are all f- coming together and forming a group. And also, well, I think that part of it is also sounds like this time, like, they actually have more content and more to do exactly. than before. Because, I mean, that's the thing, is, you know, we we played Destiny together, and, like, you remember, like, I just burned out on it because I didn't really like the content that was there. Like, mm-hmm. like I didn't even get up to the raids because it was just like, ah, these... These strikes are fun, but, like, the strikes are the only part of the game I'm really enjoying. Like, the story is kind of dumb and stupid, and I don't give a shit about anything else. It, it's, that's, that's a fair argument for that, but the raids are f- incredible. 
Yeah, and that's the thing is like I, I it was one of those things just like I couldn't even get up to the raids because like the strikes were the only thing I really cared about. And it sounds like they're doing the thing where not only are they like making the other content more like the strikes and more interesting and varied, but they're also apparently making the strikes more like the raids, the thing I never even got to experience, so fuck yeah. Like there's a reason that when Destiny came out I made that the game of the year, and that was just because I got to do the raids. And I was like, this is some of the like highest highs I've ever felt playing a video game. Because I, I I didn't play MMOs, so I, I I'm not used to raiding and like coordinating to that level with people, and it was incredible. So I look forward to hopefully you joining uh, me and mistaken and the rest of the group and uh, getting into that some Destiny two. I look forward to Destiny two being good. Also, part of the beta next month is you know open for everyone, so you can jump in. Well, right then. You just get a couple extra days if you pre-order the game, which I'm going <laughs> to do. Because why not? The thing I don't like about doing that, though, I mean, and I know that this is specific for me and my stupid OCD, is that, like, I hate the fucking, uh, the fact that, like, the beta will always be in my fucking, like, PlayStation, like, purchased applications and I can never get rid of it. Oh, I love that. It makes me, rem- remind me of when I did those. Like, yeah, I remember when I was excited about Destiny, and then... I lost interest, and then I came back, and then I lost interest. I guess it just mostly annoys me because it's like, no, I have Destiny. I don't need the Destiny beta anymore. It's not like I can do anything with the Destiny beta. If I want to play Destiny, I'll play Destiny. Yeah. But I also have the beta, and I also have the alpha in there, which is hilarious. (laughs) I'm like, there's three Destiny things in there. It's really funny. And now I'm going to have another one. Destiny, I'm looking forward to it. I'm... One thing I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to is doing weekly Destiny streams with Mistaken and anyone else who joins us. Because that is 100% going to happen. I need more content on my Twitch channel. Look forward to that. Alright, have fun with your the content, I guess. Indeed. John, is there anything else about games you want to talk about or should we jump into the wrestling part of the show? I still like Overwatch. Oh, Lawbreakers. Speaking of Overwatch, Lawbreakers beta started today. I saw that. It looks like is Overwatch. It, is it on the Poly Station? No, it's, it's on PC. No, thank you. Yeah, I, I know. But I was looking at it, I'm like, this looks like Overwatch. I mean, Christ, I haven't even I haven't been fucking unlazy enough to hook up my PC to play games I actually want to play. Like, PUBG. Like Rocket League. No, I have Rocket League on PS4. I know, but I... All the people I know played on the PC. Well, the people you play with are wrong. We should play some Rocket League sometime. Okay, play it on PS4 with me. That's where all my friends play. Okay, I'll, 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 I have it on PS4, so yeah, sure. Good, you should. It was free. Just the DLC that I bought is on the PC, though. I mean, look, man. There's only one DLC that matters. No, there's actually a few. There's only one that matters. Alright, tell me which one it is. The DeLorean. Well, yeah, the DeLorean's there, but also the Batmobiles is there. That's it's just a new Batmobile. Fuck that. I, I like that Batman. You know this. It's, it's, a, it's a bad Batmobile. And it's also, not even not even the quality of the movie at this point. It's just it's not a cool Batmobile. And also Dom's car from Fast and Furious. Eh. Eh, it's fun. It's fine. It's just it's not the DeLorean. Oh, yeah, of course. Hey, John. This is wrestling news time. It's it's time for wrestling news. 
How about uh, Mara Ranallo? We talked about. I've him heard last of week. him. We talked about him last week. We did. About how he's going to call the McGregor uh, May- Mayweather match. Isn't that exciting? Not really. How about Mara Ranallo being back in WWE? Yeah, that is exciting. And not only is it cool and, and awesome, but it already happened. It did. And you get to cover Mara now instead of me. It's true. So you get to hear him talk about how the Knights could be L.I.T. Like, Katy Perry, this match is gonna be fireworks, baby! You're a fire! You don't have to feel like a waste of space, Owen. Your Mara's dead on, dude. But yeah, he's he's calling NXT now. He was at the taping last Friday, and those tapings started this week. How happy were people to see Mara? Extremely happy. I was happy. Did they chant fire JBL? I, I don't know. I wasn't there. I thought you maybe heard some stuff. I, no, I didn't. I was just, they just show Morrow on there. It's like, hey, Morrow. But like, you know, it's, it seemed to me like, you know, it was something that was filmed afterwards. Yeah. But, yes. It's kind of like they do these tapings and I avoid reading about them because I don't want to be spoiled. I'm uh, clearly, I, I know the issue of trying to avoid the spoilers here. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you heard something about like what the people, how people were excited about Moro, like, and people wanted to chant that they fucking hate JBL. Good. Did someone had a good, someone had a good anti JBL sign on raw this week. That was I, what did it say? Uh, delete, delete JBL. Good. I like that. JBL's bad. Yeah, he's terrible. I mean, his character on screen is fine. Just him as a person is despicable. The problem is that his character on screen is seemingly his character in real life. Yeah. Yeah. Let's anyway, get, let's get that Mara back though, and away yeah, from fucking hey, Mara's back. He's really gone on the XC this week. He sure is. He's in a place where he actually wants to see things and the wrestling is good and fucking what's his name? Nigel. No, Percy Watson. He gets to shut him up. He gets to shut him up. I was going to say he has to put up with him, which kind of I mean, he does have to put up with him, but he also basically shuts him up by being like, I'm a good announcer. Listen to me talk. That's fair. But Tom was good, too. I like Tom. Tom was good too, but you know Tom's just Tom's company man. I love I love Tom. He's very good. Also, Tom plays Tom plays the game. He plays the game well, and I'm not suggesting that like it's a bad thing that he plays the game. But Tom clearly plays the game of doing exactly what Vince wants. And he's but he's still you know good. Yes, I'm not. Tom. Again, I'm not suggesting otherwise. I am not suggesting that Tom is not. Fantastic at his job. It's just, there's a clear difference between someone that plays the game like him and someone like Morrow, who is totally not down to play that game and doesn't give a fuck. Mm -hmm. But also the thing I'm pointing out is that, you know, Tom no longer does 205 Live. Wait, really? Yeah, I told you this last week. Oh, right. So he's just, he's just SmackDown now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's that's, that's why I'm bummed bummed out about Tom is that he's doing less. 
That's interesting that they're just making him the voice of SmackDown now. Well, he's very good. I just wish he was still doing stuff with Corey Graves instead of Vic Joseph because he has no chemistry with Corey Graves and it makes me zone out of these shows. Mm. Like, seriously, that's why I don't talk much about 205 Live anymore. One, because it's not good. But two, the commentary now sucks along with it. It's just white bread. All right, then. A happy ending for everyone involved, except for no one involved. Well, that's wrestling in a nutshell, really. <laughs> Man. Speaking of unhappy endings... Worst part is you're right. <laughs> best part about unhappy endings is our next story. Uh, you know Anthem? Yeah, they're the people that made a terrible decision to buy the, the TNA, the Impact Wrestling... Yeah. As it were. And the ones that are holding the broken gimmicks hostage. Oh, you the mean Hardys. the ones that are fucking over the Hardys. Yes. The I've owls. heard this. You know, the owl people. Fuck that owl. I've also heard people say that. Yes, it's true. Well, they made another purchase. Go on. They bought Global, Global Force Wrestling. Well, I mean, why wouldn't they? I mean, they've had this partnership for a while with them. So they're like, yeah, ah, we'll buy it. Like, you might as fucking well. I have no idea how much it costs. It must not have cost much. I bet it costs absolutely nothing. Who the fuck cares about Global Force Wrestling? Do they even, like, do they even have champions? Yeah. You know who their champion is right now? No. Alberto Patron. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay, sure. The, the Global Force belts are on impact. Huh. Because none of this makes sense. So is it just like the IWG? I, I don't even know what it would compare to, honestly. It, it, it compares more to like when the WCW belts were active on WWF during the invasion. Except there's no invasion, it's just... Actually, I don't know if there's an invasion. I have no idea what's going on with Impact. Aces and eights are back. What? No, they're not. No. You're just saying that, aren't you? Yes. Okay. But on. you believed it, didn't you? I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised. I'm just saying you believed it and that's what matters. Okay. Well, I I don't want I don't want to talk about impact anymore. All right, that's wrestling news. You got any other wrestling news? No, that's why I said that's wrestling news. Just checking. Cuz you know what that means. What? We have to talk about Monday Night Raw. Oh, dear. I guess we do, don't we? I mean, it seemed like an okay episode. It was alright. I mean, you know, I <clears throat> covered it in my about last night over at ProWrestling.Cool that, like, you know, it was a fine episode. Like, they did pretty much what they need to do in establishing, like, here are the heroes, here are the villains, here's the people that you should be rooting for. Unlike, you know, last week where it was very much like, what the fuck is even... Who am I even supposed to care about? It's just, you know, I don't think they're doing a really good job of making things super interesting. But well, hold on, John. Are yeah? you saying that they took your criticism that you wrote your whole article about and actually addressed it? Uh, yeah, they did. They didn't address it, like, perfectly, but they addressed it decently enough, I guess. And, they, and this is why you write your article. Because yeah. they actually read it. Yeah, I mean, they... Uh, Certainly addressed the whole fucked up weird shit that they did with Samoa Joe last week and Roman Reigns. That's what I'm saying. They they 100% read your thing. 
because that is a very weird thing to address. But I'm really glad they did, because that sucked. It did. That was just bad. So what's Speaking of bad do? things, uh, wait, what did they do in that regard? Yeah. Or what did they just do in general? Now what did they do to, to address it? Oh, well, basically what they did was they had a Roman Reigns open up the show and and be like, so yeah, uh, Samoa Joe, like, like actually pronounced Samoa, like, you know, someone who is from the islands would, and yeah, he pretty much said that as like a, yo, he, he beat me. He, he got me. He put and respect I, on his name. Yeah, he put respect on his name. He put some respect on it. And then Braun Strowman came out and went, rah! And it was like, check out this ambulance! Surprise, I'm not in the ambulance! But what if and then he told Roman Reigns to check out the ambulance so much that uh, he threw him into it. But John, what if, what if Scott Steiner was in the ambulance? I mean, I just assumed that was who was driving it. Like, and the reason that you don't see him is because they don't want to show it, because Vince will freak the fuck out. True. But what if, the, what, what if on the side of the ambulance it said Shoney's on it? That's how you know. That's how the calling card of how you know it's secretly him. Can we get someone to draw Scott Steiner driving a Shoney's ambulance? Holler if you hear me. <laughs> yeah. Holler if you want your check. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. Let's let's talk about things that were actually pretty okay on Raw. So we had uh we had the, the Brock Lesnar run in. Yeah. I, I yeah. saw a picture of that. You saw Samoa Joe choking Brock Lesnar to the fuck out and turning him purple. I mean, he turns purple, like, all the time anyway. He really does, but, like, it, it's so beautiful to, to watch him turn, like, these amazing colors like that. Mm-hmm. Like, it really sells it, and they really sold the fact that he was, like, choking to death. It was great. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty good. I, you know what, Brock Lesnar is a guy that I really love to see and is very fun to watch do things. It's a shame they're making him be the face, but, you know, as I said in, in about last night, like, I see their game. They're they're making it us okay with the fact that Brock Lesnar is going to beat Samoa Joe so that he can fulfill the prophecy and retroactively make Roman Reigns the guy that fucking broke the Undertaker streak. Oh, no. Is that really the direction they're going? I feel like it, that, like... Come on, man. They announced that Roman Reigns is going to be the fucking number one contender or last week just because, you know, after the, the fucking uh, Great Balls of Fire match, just because he can be. I mean, it's his yard. Big dog, dog. Yeah, dog. he's the yard dog. Dog of the yard, 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 dog, yard, dog, dog, yard, yard, dog, dog, yard, yard, dog, dog, yard. Uh-huh. Yeah. In conclusion, Roman Reigns is going to look you strong. Know, He's going to look strong, he's going to throw the, the, the bing-bong into the ambulance, and then he's going to pin Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam, because of course he is. That's a shame we're going to not be there for that. Is it, though? No, because I'm, I'm going to a, a better pay-per-view. <laughs> I'm going to a way better pay-per-view. Pretty much. Yeah, like... I it's cool, like, I again, like, I like that segment. I love that they're letting Samoa Joe look like a damn 
am cool guy. You know, I think the problem with it all is that like Samojo doesn't get to actually look that great because really, again, they're doing the the thing where they say, "Look at this guy, he's tough and super awesome," and then everything they have him do is be opportunist and like you know catch people from behind. Mm-hmm. And like it's again. He looks like a stone cold killer. I love me some Samoa Joe. I'm not complaining about Samoa Joe getting to do cool things, but they're not making him look like a really super credible threat. They're making him look like enough of a threat to make the match believable, but you know, also making it to me at least pretty clear. Oh, Brock's going to kick his ass though. Yeah. Pretty much. And it's a bummer because like, you know, I, I, as I said in the article, it feels like they're doing the thing that they're really good at of throwing the internet fans a bone and giving them, like, a match that they want, so in hopes that it'll fucking, like, sate their anger a little bit when they do the thing they actually want to do. You know, like, a, see, for example, again, uh, when they had Dean Ambrose fight Triple H for the title right before uh, the WrestleMania where Roman Reigns beat Triple H for the title. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good comparison. The bummer. Yeah, like, it's... Their shit's obvious. I get it. I get what they're doing. Like, it... I. It's kind of... The thing I think kind of sucks is that I feel like it's working. No, but that's because we have SmackDown. Everything's fine on SmackDown. Sure. I mean, I'll, I'll, whatever you say. Owen. I, it, it, it makes me be able to sleep at night, so let me have this. You want to talk about Enzo and Cass? Yeah, they broke up last week. Yeah, and then Enzo was all like, "No, man, I'm. I need to have. I need to talk to Cass." And he actually got a really good promo. Like, it was, you know, it was a really great segment of, like, you know, Enzo basically, like, apologizing for his bad behavior, admitting that, like, Cass kind of had it at a point to fucking turn on him like that. But, like, you know, Cass is his brother and he loves him. And, like, he's not going to let this brothership, you know, this family fall apart until they've completed their dream of winning the titles. And, you know, it was it was pretty sweet and really well done. Like, it's once again, Enzo is actually really good at acting when, like, he doesn't have to do dumb shit like being a, a weird creeper. But he's so good at it. The problem is, once again, though, was this whole thing was incredibly long and incredibly predictable because, I mean, look, we all knew that this was going to end with Cass beating the shit out of Enzo yet again. Mm -hmm. Like, this wasn't a fucking secret. But, again, they dragged out the entire thing. Like, you know, they had Cass give, like, a whole speech about how he started. Like, he didn't just just say, say he's sorry or apologize. Like, he gives an entire speech about how, like, he's, you know, so apologetic and ashamed of his actions and everything. And then fucking they have the hug and everything or they, cause they have to drag it out for a long time. So that Enzo can be like, you know, look in my eyes and make sure you're not like lying to me and everything. And then finally they hug and the hug goes on really long. And then Cass does like the, Oh, if you thought that this was going to tear us apart, there's only one word to describe you because that's a really great timing for this bit dog. But I get what you're going for here. Point being, like, they have to do that whole thing, and then they walk up the ramp, and then Cass turns on him again. Whoa! Oh, no! We didn't see like, that coming. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's, it was, I'm, I'm not saying that it was bad. 
Like, the segment was very well done. I th- once again, I think that Enzo's acting is really exemplary and, like, reminding me of why it is I liked Enzo in the first place. The problem is just that it was so... Look, it's exactly like last week. We knew what was coming. We knew where this was going. You could have cut, like, five minutes out of it and made it a much better, tighter segment. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Okay. I don't know. I mean, I guess my my biggest problem with this is I feel like I know exactly where this is going, and we're going to get a segment next week where... Cass is cutting a promo just like he did last week about how, like, oh, man, I did this lie because I wanted to see how smart you people were and Enzo were, and you're stupid. Oh, like, I, I hope not. I I hope not. I bet he will, though, because that seems like the kind of thing that they would do for this. And it's like, fucking come on. Like, you don't get to say, like, oh, we're so stupid because... You fucking told a really stupid, elaborate lie that, like, you put a lot of time and effort into. Then you get caught, and you're like, oh, I wanted to get caught! Oh, you're... No. That doesn't make you a dick. That just makes you, like, a really bad liar and and shitty. You're just a fucking troll. That, That pretty much is the WWE at this point. Yeah, it really is. Is the WWE. We're trolling you. Was there any other trolling? Yeah, you want to talk about the historic women's match of the night? The the main event of the evening? Oh, I do want to point out something that's kind of cool this week, though. What's that, Owen? Did you notice something with the women? Mm, what is this? This is the, for the first time ever. The women were the main event on Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. Oh, wow. You know, I never thought about that. That's really cool. Yeah, they may vetted all three shows. So how about that? Well, alrighty then. That is actually historic. Unlike, say, for example, the first ever women's gauntlet match. Yeah, how'd that go? Which, I mean, I guess it's historic. Because one hasn't happened before, but look, do we really need to have the discussion again about how gauntlet matches are stupid and terrible? Please please quickly refresh your memory. Okay, we will have this discussion. Gauntlet matches are a really stupid idea because there's basically only one story that you can tell with it. Like, the only story that you can tell with it is... One person in the gauntlet match goes all the way with it. Is Can they go all the way with it or can't they? If they do go all the way with it, and they beat every single opponent, then they make all their opponents look lesser and, and weaker than them. That, like, not only could they beat all of them, but they beat all of them in a row without even taking a break. Mm-hmm. If that person doesn't win, like, say, for example, Monday's uh, gauntlet match then it's not like the person that beats them gets, like, a lot of, you know, positive buzz for it, because they came in later. They had an advantage. That usually seems like a spot for a heel. Yeah, exactly. But, and hey, that would be cool if you'd, you know, 
if that's the way you wanted to do it, but this being WWE, that's generally not how they do it. Again, let's remember the last gauntlet match that we had, uh, the tag team gauntlet match, where the whole thing was basically just Cesaro and Sheamus destroying every other tag team in the fucking division. As they do, because that division is terrible. They beat the Golden Truth so hard that they broke up. Oh. Just saying, it's what happened. Yeah, I, I can't wait to talk about that team later. And this time, we had, you know, Nia Jax, like, just going through the entire match, taking out everyone. First she takes out Bailey, ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. I'm just saying, man, Bailey, wow. Yeah, she sucks. Yeah, like, remember when I was super excited to all be all like, I love Bailey and everything's cool? Yeah, remember when she debuted on the main roster and we were super stoked because we were there in yeah. person? Yeah. Yeah. I don't like any of the women in, on Raw. I like some of the women on Raw. I mean, I. It's not her. I kind of. I kind of like Alexa, but they're not making it easy. I still feel like they made her do that This Is Your Life segment intentionally. Just to be dicks. Yeah. I'm I'm positive they did. Yep. Anyway, so yeah, like, the, the match is basically, you know, Nia and Bailey start out, of course. Nia trucks Bailey, then trucks Mickey James, then trucks Dana Brooke, then trucks Emma, because fucking Emma doesn't matter. Oh. Which is bullshit. Yeah. And then, like, the entire thing is just, and then after that is just, like, a Nia Jax-Sasha Banks match. And granted, it's a really good Nia Nia Jax-Sasha Banks match. Don't get me wrong, but, like, when you put it in the gimmick of a gauntlet match, it doesn't make Sasha Banks look incredibly strong that, like, she's beating this monster after four people already fought the monster and did some stuff to her. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't matter if they then have, like, a 15-minute match after that, which is basically what they did. And again, like I said, it was a really good match. Yeah. Like, it it, it was the kind of match that gave me shades of, like, uh, Nia's uh, title shot at Bailey from NXT TakeOver London. Mm-hmm. Like, they even had callbacks to that that I thought were really nicely done. Kind of weird but, when it was Bailey and not Sasha in that match. You know, but, like, I I guess what I'm saying is, you know, I, I felt like Sasha Banks doing the, the bank statement on her while she's, like, standing up was kind of a, uh, like, a callback to that, even if, like, not really. Mm-hmm. I, th- I thought it was a shade of that, and it made me happy, is what I'm saying. Okay. But, again, when you put it in the context of here's this gauntlet match, like, doesn't it kind of damper in a bit, don't you think? Like, it's just... I don't know. It, it, I don't feel like it makes anybody look particularly great. You know? Like, yeah, Nia Jax lost, and that's cool. Nia Jax also had to fight four other people. And maybe those four other people didn't put up, like, the biggest fight or anything, but still a lot more work than Sasha Banks had to do. It probably would have been better if it was an elimination match. Yeah. Because then, the way you get rid of Nia Jax is gave everyone gang up. Mm-hmm. 
But... Or even just like have of the match where it's like Nia just takes out and pins everyone, and that's cool. And then like Sasha's the one that have to defeat her. But even that would feel like it's on a more even playing field. But they're, that's because they're saving Nia and Alexa for SummerSlam. Yeah, well, clearly, but so Sasha is just a garbage thing that they're throwing out there for no reason because they need to have a pay per view match. No, I know. I'm, but I'm just you know elucidating on your point there. It's like do something better that actually makes the competitors look good. Mm-hmm. Like like a Money in the Bank ladder match. Well, hey man, you didn't see that ladder match. I saw the first one. This one was like way better. Maybe they should have done this one the first time. No, they want their TV ratings. Well, I mean, if, you know, Raw is any indication, I'm not sure it worked. Here's the thing, John. There's that GIF online of R-Truth that says, fuck you, we've got your money. They already have your $10. Fuck you. Give Give us two hours on your Tuesday nights. Speaking of our truth, though, and you want to talk about Gold Dust? He's a cool guy. Gold Dust showed up like as old classic Gold Dust. He did. Except he didn't have a wig or a robe. He didn't have the wig and he didn't have a robe, and it, it, that disappoints me. It makes me really sad. I hope they fix this very soon. But he does have a personal cameraman. Yeah, that that, that camera was gold. That's really cool. Uh, I have, as I said in about last night, though, I don't know if you read it yet, Owen. It's very long, John. Wow, thanks. I I had to write my own. I have a problem with this. What's your problem? I don't think the cameraman has a real camera. What? I don't think he's carrying a real camera. They never cut to any of the cameraman's shots. That's because it's on film. They can't broadcast that. It's It's on special 4K film. No, fuck that, man. Like, that's the thing, is here's what I think they're doing wrong with this. Like, they have to have all of the cameras be normal, like, all of their, like, regular cameras be normal, but Goldust's camera guy is the guy that's doing the crazy Goldust vision, where it's all, like, drawn out and it's, like, in slow motion and everything. And it's in letterbox? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Well, even more letterbox now. Well, yeah, of course. Well, I mean, they've had they've had that entrance where they make it the super widescreen. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but uh, WWE, since we know you're listening, let's elaborate more on that cameraman. Make it happen. Yeah, A for effort, but they can be doing this better. Also, I would say the exact same thing about the non-match. Oh, I, I did tell you last week it wasn't happening. I mean... You did, but it also was not what we thought it was going to be of them just showing a video. So that's good. Instead, it was just, you know, Goldust delivering a not-too-violent beatdown on our truth before the match, you know, before the bell could ring. Oh, you know. You know. No, I don't know. Please tell me, Owen. It's WWE in 2017. Yeah, They're not going to put a lot of effort into Goldust and R-Truth. Anyway, I mean, yeah, that's about it. Uh, and honestly, like, that we could play It's Raw, Do You Care, if you want. But, I mean, that's, that's kind of that's the only game. interesting things on Raw. They, okay, sure, let's play It's Raw, Do You Care? Let's go.
Uh, here's something that I didn't even write about in about last night. Uh, the cruiserweights. Do you care? No, because I already had to cover them. <laughs> Good. Wait, hold on, Owen. What if I told you Lince Dorado was on Raw? Fuck you. No, he isn't. He was on Raw this week. Did he lose? Yes. Then that, to Neville. Okay, whatever. He lost to Neville. Of course he did. Tazawa was there. Remember Grand Metalik? He used to be a guy. Titus O'Neil yelled things. Okay. It's basically all I really remember about this. They, they have a title match at the, the Great Balls of Fire. Seamus and Cesaro, do you care? No. It's tight division. Your tight division is bad. Hey, Owen. Elias Sampson. Do you care? Oh, yeah. I, I do care about Elias Sampson. Well, guess what? Yeah? He had a tag team match with Seamus and Cesaro. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> you tricked me. Against the Hardy Boys and Finn Balor. Why is Elias Sampson in a view with Finn Balor? I don't know. Like, they're, they're, they're trolling, right? Like, Finn Balor can't be that low on the card, right? Apparently he is. Remember when he was the first ever Universal Champion? They say it basically every single time he's on screen. And here he is fighting fucking Elias Sampson. A dude who was on NXT, like, three months ago. I'm not saying that like it's a bad thing. I'm saying it like I, I know. I'm just going. Wow, that's really yeah. This dude just debuted. And Finn Balor sure is doing real bad on Raw, but there's really no space for him on SmackDown either. So I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I mean the problem is that like Finn Balor's time to get a push was during the summer when WWE doesn't care about. You know, when, like, the ratings are low and WWE's just trying to do things to, to make the fans be interested. God, it is a summer. But we're not cool for the summer yet. Oh, no. But then again, it sounds like fucking Smart WrestleMania is going to go real bad this year, so... Uh. Yeah. Rom Dog Millionaire, everybody! Great. Anyway... The match was won by Finn Balor pinning Cesaro off of the fucking coup de gras. Coup de gras. The Hardy Boys and Sheamus and Cesaro are never going to not have another match ever again. Every single week until the end of time. Great. This will never end. I mean, there are no other tag teams. No, they blew them all up. True. Oh, Jesus, Even this fucking show. Even the Revival doesn't exist anymore. Hey, 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 the Revival was on this week. Granted, they were only on because they pulled Samoa Joe off of Brock Lesnar. Wow. But they at least they showed up. Wow. Okay. You know who the third person to pull him off was? Um... Tim Balor. Luke Gallows. That's random. Carl Anderson didn't even get to appear. So we're not appearing on this episode. Maybe he was with his hot Asian wife. Makes sense. Is there anything else I should care about? Uh, let me think. Um, Seth Rollins, do you care? Fuck no, he, he attacked that statue of Andre the Giant. 
Okay, fair. How about Kurt Hawkins? Do you care? No, because if you look, he's, he hasn't won a single match this year. Also, he fought Seth Rollins. Yeah, I wasn't going to fall. John, I'm not falling for that same trick twice. <laughs> I knew what you were doing. Bray Wyatt showed up and said scary words. No, fuck so him. He was all like, you say you're a changed man after the Triple H thing. I think you're the same person. Rah. Uh, yeah, I, I wrote about this a whole thing about last night that you should go read. But basically, I, I figured out, Owen, why I don't connect with the Seth Rollins. And I figured out why it is that I don't think he's really connecting with people on like a big level. And he's not like the baby face that he should be. Because he sucks? No, because he literally has no character. His entire character, his entire personality is based in his relationship to Triple H. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't have a personality. He hasn't been able to do anything that's not related to Triple fucking H I mean, since The Shield. His character is literally, I'm the Kingslayer. Yeah, I'm the guy that beat Triple H. And, like, literally his his two feuds since then have been, I'm going to beat the mercenary of Triple H that fucked up my leg, and I'm fighting with a dude that's like, no, you're the same person that you were when you were with Triple H. Here's the thing. But here's who is Seth Rollins? Here's the thing, John. What makes Seth Rollins Seth Rollins? Do you not remember right after Extreme Rules? I pretty much told you this. I said, Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns, their characters are literally just the people they fought at WrestleMania. Roman Reigns' whole character is, I beat The Undertaker. Seth Rollins' character is, I beat Triple H. That's yeah. it. Those are your top two guys on Raw. Big dog of the dog, big, big dog, dog, big dog. Yeah, that's it. That's the one. That's Raw. Hmm? Big dogs. Big dogs. I give Raw a big dog shirt out of five. Oh, a big dog shirt. What about big dog pants? Big dog make pants? I mean, you could. I mean, I'm talking literally about, like, one of those big dog's shirts uh, from... Oh, like, you know, I know what you're talking about. There's, you know, 2000s, where it's like, the dog who's like, there are two kind of people in this world. People that drink beers on their semis and pussies. Big dogs. That's true, those shirts did exist. Uh, I totally forgot. A dog's wearing sunglasses. Oh, yeah. Sometimes the dog looks like Eric Cartman and he's saying, respect my authority. Big dogs. Shit. Yeah, they should bring big dogs back. No, they shouldn't. No, but what if one looks like Roman Reigns? I'm I'm going to get this shirt custom made for you for Christmas. (laughs) You asshole. I'll wear it. Big dogs. Can I, can I talk to you about uh, SmackDown? Blue Brands. Can I, can I talk to you about SmackDown? I said Blue Brands, go on. I'm just making sure that you weren't going to say anything else in the big dog voice. I mean, I thought I was just going to talk in the big dog voice for the rest of the podcast. I really but hope you don't. Really fine, don't. talk to me about SmackDown. Uh, SmackDown was really good because... They opened the show as if it was a pay-per-view. Like, with the voiceover guy in the video package about the matches coming up tonight. It was really weird. 
I was like, wait, are, are we doing Money in the Bank again? Oh, yeah, we totally are doing Money in the Bank Turns again. out, yes. <laughs> We've got the ladder match, and we also have the title match from that pay-per-view. Isn't that weird? Whoopsies. Yeah, but the, the show opened with Danny Bryan coming out, and the crowd was super hot for him, because Danny Bryan's awesome. I'm the yes man. I say words. Yeah, he says words about he's going to wrestle again. <laughs> Keeps doing I don't it. think WWE likes those words very much. No, they don't. But, uh, oh, that's one thing we need to talk about from Raw, by the way, since you bring that up. Yeah? What's up? That fucking absolutely savage burn that fucking Booker T put on Daniel Bryan that I don't know if he meant to do, but holy shit. What, what did he do? Okay, so The Miz had a match against... Uh, oh, by the way, we're not going to talk about the LeVar Ball, Ball thing, because fuck. Yeah, I, I assumed. Fuck we off. I assumed we weren't. I'm going to bring it up briefly during SmackDown. Sure. Also, I'm going to bring up Booker T brief during SmackDown. Anyway, so The Miz had a match with his uh, new entourage of Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas against uh, Dean Ambrose, Heath Slater, and Rhino. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Miz was doing his. Hold on, John. Uh, you know what they're called, right? The Miz, uh, the Miz Tourage? Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Anyway, the Miz was doing the uh, the yes kicks. Now, what he now calls the it kits kicks, and you know, commentary was giving the context for of um, and like. You know, Michael Cole was saying that, like, oh, he stole those kicks from Daniel Bryan during his feud that they had over on SmackDown. And, of course, Corey was doing his, oh, no, those are the it kicks. Those are completely different. Those are a, a signature move of the Miz's. And fucking Booker T just straight up goes deadpan. It's like, hey, Daniel Bryan's wrestling career is over. And those are the Miz's kicks now. Wow. And fucking commentary is, is like, they're just like, oh, uh, well, you know, he's, Daniel Bryan's career is far from over. He's doing a, a great job as the general manager on SmackDown. Oh, they're doing historic matches. Oh, they're the historic women's money in the bank ladder match. Yeah, don't, don't, don't. don't but it felt like, holy shit, Booker. Yeah, Booker does that. Too far. Booker does that. Now let's, let's 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 bring it back to SmackDown. Anyway, SmackDown. Um, yes, Danny Bryan taught, was talking about getting all hyped up for the Money in the Bank match tonight, and then Carmella and James Ellsworth interrupt, and Carmella cuts the same promo she cut last week about how she's totally right, right that she should still have the briefcase because she didn't break any rules because it's no disqualification. It's true. And then Danny Bryan said the thing he said last week again of. Well, Shut listen, no one ever went up and actually grabbed the briefcase and handed it to someone, so fuck you. And then James Ellsworth got in his face, and then Danny Bryan says, Yeah, remember on Talking Smack last week where I said I was going to ban you from uh, ringside? I, I, I remember this. I lied. What? You're banned from the entire arena. Oh, no! And then security come and they actually carry him out. It's really funny. But what was awesome was that during the promo, Ellsworth actually got an Ellsworth sucks chant from the crowd. So his whole heel shtick is really working well. So I'm, I'm really, I'm really glad that people were getting into this character. It's good. 
Uh, also from last week, remember that the um, the hype bros were all like, "We won this battle royal like six months ago." We still and then Daniel Bryan was like, "I don't fucking care." Yeah, because Daniel Bryan's become what he hated. Exactly. And so that match with the Usos was next, where if they beat them, they get the title shot. You know what happened, John? What happened, Owen? Uh, well, the match was going well, and then went to commercial. Which, you know, if you were watching live on the USA Network, you got a picture-in-picture, which was nice. But for people who were in Canada or elsewhere who don't get that... Uh, or if you're like me and watch it on the USA app. Yeah. Uh, well, when they came back from commercial, we're in the middle of Zack Ryder missing the broski boot, and then the Usos tagging out and doing the splash and winning the match. Jeez. Right? In the, we come back from commercial during the finish. It's hilarious. Jeez. So, people who weren't watching live missed, like, most of the match. That sucks. Fuck that, man. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty... It's, I just thought that was super crazy. I'm like, what is happening? So much for the hype, bros. All that momentum they got the last couple weeks is totally down the toilet. Well, it's fine, because they're not the focus. The New Day is the focus, who came out after this. <laughs> and said, hey, we want them belts. And also, congratulations. My name is the Xavier Woods. I was in a porno. No, he did not say that. But they point out, hey, good job, you actually won a match, you know, you finished a match without running away, like little bitches. So, we we won another shot at your belts. And then, Big E said, he says, well, you know what? We coming for you. And then before he could finish what he was going to say, Xavier Woods interrupted. Because <laughs> you know what the next word was going to be. Oh, right. Biggie was doing the Booker T promo. Sure. Which is also relevant because of what happened on Raw during that Ms. TV segment. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that they apologized for that. I mean, of course they did. Because it's 2017. Everyone's offended by everything, and it's racial stuff is a touchy subject in this current climate. Yeah. But also, fun fact, Booker T has been involved with all three times that the N-word has been said on TV. <laughs> he was in the WCW part, where he actually said it. He was in that, in that segment where Vince McMahon said it to John Cena. He was. And then he was on commentary when that... That basketball man said it. Booker T's been involved every single time. Pretty good. Pretty weird. Yep. Anyway, the Usos say, yes, we're going to have the match. You know you don't deserve it, but screw you, we're the Usos. We're Samoan. I've heard that about them. And then Kofi started spitting some rap game at them. Totally owned them. Called them booty. Oh, I bet the Usos aren't going to stand for that. Well, no, because next... I mean, they wear shirts that say Day One-ish. They even mentioned it. They're on that Day One-ish, man. 
But also, next week, they're going to have a rap battle on SmackDown. Can I ask you a question, Owen? What's up? How H will it be? Oh, it's going to be extremely H? I'm very excited for it, because the one thing I've been saying about this feud for a while is I am tired of these promos where one team just talks at the other one and the other one doesn't respond. This week was the first taste of them actually, like, interacting, you know, going back and forth, and it was awesome. I think this rap segment is going to be incredibly entertaining, and I'm looking forward to it. I look forward to it being the new How Well Do You Know Your Bro. I hope that is the case. Me too. How Well Do You Know Your Bro is the fucking best. I know. You always you always bring it up. There's a reason. Uh, speaking of the, the SmackDown Tag Division being good, unlike the Raw one, uh, we had a Fashion Vice segment. They're still doing. How did it go? They're still doing the thing where it looks like uh, Miami Vice. As you do. And you, you want is a really good detail about it. What is that? It's it's shot in four by three. (laughs) It's amazing. It's pretty good. It's really good. But they're interrogating uh, the Ascension. Oh no! About well, yeah. Wait, of course they are because they fucking Ascension broke their shit. Ascension said they didn't break their shit. What? But they came out for the match. I know, and their explanation was amazing. You know what it was? No. They said, we wanted to be on the card for the pay-per-view, so we just came out. That's literally what they said. They said that makes just, sense. We just wanted to be on the card. That makes sense. I, I can't argue with that logic. So, Brizongo tried to play good cop, bad cop, except, whoops, they were both played good cop. <laughs> of course. Including Fandango... Offering them two any money tickets. <laughs> Say that there are two tickets to paradise. The best part was Victor trying to reach for them, but Connor stopped him going, No, we only l- listen to uh, hardcore thrash metal. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Tyler Breeze giving them a cheese plate. And then when good. they realized that they were actually both good cops, Tyler Breeze said, no, we were great cops. <laughs> and then there was a noise outside, and they went out, and guess what? Their their, their office is trashed again. What? So it was it was not the Ascension. Fiends! So the, the, the case is still on, and the, and the closing shot is the Ascension slowly taking the anyone tickets. <laughs> These segments are great. These segments are really good. Uh, you, you, should, you should. I've embedded it in my about last night over at ProWrestling.cool. You should watch it. It's what's that? Some kind of website? It's it's the website that you and I both write for. Never heard of it. It's, you should check it out. It's pretty good. All right, if you say so. Uh, after this, we had the SmackDown Women's Championship match with Naomi and Lana. Again? Yeah. Rematch. Remember I told you, both women's matches are rematches for Money in the Bank. You want to know how this match went? Sure. So, before the bell rang, and Greg was announcing who the people were, Lana attacked Naomi. Oh no! The bell rang, and she hit her, uh, pump handle, uh, spine buster thing. Is that her finisher? Yeah. Oh. And then she pinned her. Oh. But then she kicked out. 
Well, I mean, if you're going to hit a finisher in the beginning of the match, come on. She jumped her first, so. Still. But uh, early. But that's the thing. Then Naomi jumped out and hit her with her finisher, and then she won. Oh, well then. Yeah. Here's the thing. I like this match a lot better than the, uh, the one at Money in the Bank. Well, okay, then. You know why? Because it didn't happen? Because Lana didn't have time to actually do any wrestling. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, man. You saw that. I'm not disagreeing with you. Look, I'm not disagreeing with you. I saw that Money in the Bank match. It was bad. Uh-huh. It's just, man. Yeah, I know. Why? I... I... I don't understand why they're doing this Lana thing. I really don't. Because all the other women were busy. I, I think this is the end of the Lana stuff now, that all the women are out of this whole Money in the Bank feud thing. It was just something to give Naomi something to do. I expect Lana to go back for Rusev any minute now. I hope so, because it just, this just didn't work. This, Lana as a wrestler... I don't, it's just not working. I'm glad they tried it. it I'm, it's a shame it was real bad, but I'm glad they at least tried. Yeah. You, you know what happened next, John? No, I don't. Um, Greg announced that uh, he said, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the operatic, melodious voice of Aiden English. Okay. Aiden English was in the ring and he was singing. You have my attention. And then, you know what happened while he was singing? No, that's why I'm asking. Someone interrupted him. Oh, uh, You know who interrupted him? Take a guess. No. I... Who could possibly interrupt Aiden English? Sounds like something a dick like Randy Orton would do. You would be correct, it was Randy Orton. Fuck. Did he just fucking show up out of nowhere in RKO him? No. He came, he came out, out on the ramp, and then we went to commercial. Oh. And when we came back, Aiden English was turned into a steel chair that Randy was sitting on. <laughs> I mean, that's... Okay. I mean, Aiden English was in the ring. We go to commercial, and when we come back, there's a chair there instead of Aiden English. So I'm assuming oh. he turned into a chair. I mean, it makes sense when you put it that way. The unfortunate thing is that they showed a replay of what happened during the commercial. And... As Aiden English was leaving the ring, Orton just RKO'd him. God damn it! But Fuck it, off, Randy! But here's the thing. It, I put a, a gif dick of, sometimes. I put a gif of it in my article. Aiden English told that really well. He did a really good job with that RKO. Well, yeah, it's almost like Aiden English is a pro and a great wrestler. Yeah, I'm just saying... I just want to give him a shout-out. You, you, you did good. Okay, I'm glad fair. he was on TV for a minute. Fuck Randy. Randy Orton said that he's not going to leave the ring until he gets what he wants. He wants another shot at the title. Of course he won't, you fucking child. And if he doesn't get that, he's going to go back there and he's going to beat Chef Jinder Mahal. And then... I'm going to sit here all night. I'm mad. And he says, then, you know, when we're out in the parking lot getting ready to leave the show, I'll be there waiting to attack Jinder Mahal. When we're getting ready... Beat up Jinder! He's going to say, beat the holy hell out of him, is what he kept saying. And then he's also going to beat him up at the airport. And at, he's going to be waiting at the next arena. Which he could That's not... assault, homie. Well, yeah. He, he points this out, by the way. 
He says, I'm going to beat you out in the, are- the arena in the next city. That, whatever, whatever that city is in this lovely country of ours. To which JBL on commentary had to say where they were next week. Because Randy, Randy couldn't remember. And he says, yeah, I'm, I'll probably go to jail for this, but I don't give a shit. I'll have to go to jail. You probably should, dog. I'll go to jail for this. I don't give a fuck. I'm Randy Orton. Okay, I mean, in fairness, I guess you could treat jail like you treated the Marines. Oh, boy. Heel turn. Heel turn. Shane McMahon came out, and that's when this segment got incredible. Because Shane says, listen, you, you can't be doing this. This is not okay. Yeah, get the fuck out of my ring. No. That's not what he said. He says, listen, I understand that you're pissed off because he attacked your family. Because, you know, that's a real fucked up thing to do. Ashley, in fact, you did that to me. (laughs) (laughs) And then flashbacks of his feud with Triple H, where he made out with his unconscious sister. And and punched his father in the head. Remember when you did that shit to me? Turnabout's fair play, dick. Yeah, I just love that he actually brings that up. Like, yo, you've done this to me. So you should understand this is... <laughs> you should understand what the hell's going on. But also, I understand your point of view. Because I was on the other end of it. And I'm going to give you your match. Fine. At Battleground. Except Jinder Mahal gets to pick the stipulation. Okay, fair. And Randy Orton's like, I don't give a shit what the stipulation is. I just, I just want the match. I'm good. Then Jinder Mahal famous comes, last words. Then Jinder Mahal comes out, and then, and he talks about how these Americans were, you know, super racist toward him. They don't like his heritage. It's accurate. And they chant USA at him to prove his point. And he goes, "I proved my point." So yeah. the match at Battleground is going to be a match made by my my idol, the Pride of India, the Great Kali. No, you named out the Great Kali. It's going to be a Punjabi prison match. Oh, no. And I jumped up in the air. Because I'm like, oh, my God. I get to witness a Punjabi prison in person. (laughs) I am so excited for this shitty match. I can't wait. And that's the thing. This match is super complicated. It makes no sense. But Philadelphia is the perfect city to do it. Because we we understand what this is. And we're going to eat it up. So let's go. What What is it about the Punjabi prison that makes it so complicated? Like, I thought it was just like a cage match with like bamboo fucking cage bars. Okay, let me explain to you what the Punjabi prison is. So it's two cages. Okay. There's, a, there's a, one cage like around the ring. Then there's a second bigger one around the outside of the ring area. Okay. There are four references. You see, when you say two cages, I feel like I, I'm expecting, like, War Games cages, but I, I no, see what you mean. A cage in a cage. Okay. There's no tops. Inception cage. There's no tops. Except Ooh. on the top of them are spikes. <laughs> Fuck. Uh-huh. There's spikes at the top of the cages. So you can't climb out of the cages. Well, no, you have to climb out. That's you have to climb over the spikes? Yes. What? Yeah, you do. That's what... That, it's crazy. You to climb that up. just sounds dangerous. It is dangerous. And also, let me tell you the complicated part. So, 
There's four. There's more complicated than climbing over spikes? Yeah, John, there's two cages. In the in the the smaller cage on the inside has four four by four foot doors. <laughs> and there's four referees guarding all four doors. Okay. At any point during the match, one of the competitors can ask one of the referees to open the door. And then they have sixty seconds. If they are not able to escape through the door in those sixty seconds, the door is closed and locked for the remainder of the match. Oh! So you have four shots to get out of that first cage without climbing the spikes. Then after that, you gotta climb out the bigger cage with the spikes and and have both feet touch the ground. What a stupid fucking match! I, I'm so excited. They were done for they... ten years. Do you think they're gonna do like the entire stipulation? Oh yeah. They have to. I don't have to. Oh, they're going to, John. They, they're not going to do this match, just... they're not going to do it all the way, and I'm so excited. You say that, and yet we have a bunch of history, recent history that would suggest otherwise. Remember the flag match? Yeah, but that's a flag match. This is, this is like a big deal match that they're doing this. Like, they're this is only the third time they've ever done it. In the first time in ten years. Also, they're name dropping colleagues, so they, they they're very serious about this match happening. I can't wait. Can't wait. It's gonna be great. I'm gonna send right. you a picture of what that stupid structure looks like in person. It's gonna be hilarious. All right. It's pretty much steel cages with bamboo over the steel part. <laughs> great. Sounds pretty dumb. Mm-hmm. You know what else is dumb? Smackdown? Uh, Mike and Maria Canales. Cool. Do you, do you know uh, Here's the Greatest Love that's ever known, been known? No. Well, they're doing their spiel, and in the middle of it, all of a sudden, Sami Zayn's music hits and he comes out for his match. Oh, okay. Right in the middle of it. And he just he just skanks right right through it and then apologizes real fast and then just keeps skanking. And he fights Baron Corbin. In fairness, it's not his fault that they, you know, booked him to come out right then. Yeah, well, you know, they're trying to put a lot of stuff into the show. It's not Sami Zayn's fault that the people in the back hate love. I think Sami Zayn also hates love because he doesn't understand it. He loves Ska! I mean, that kind of love and, like, true love, completely different things. I don't know, man. I don't think there's any lo- a love truer than someone's love for Ska. I-, I will have to take your word for it. We could get Rhythm Bastard back on the phone. I, I think he would have some opinions oh, on this. I do not want to hear his opinions on Ska. You fucked up. I know. But, John, he fought Baron Corbin. Again. Well, cool. And, uh... They kept showing Nakamura watching from backstage. Sure. But you know what happened? Why? <laughs> Remember when Sami Zayn kept beating Baron Corbin? Yeah. It's time. Oh no! too. Because he punched him in the goddamn face so hard that even the commentary were yelling about how hard he hit him. That's generally how that goes. And it made get him... hit in the face. It's hard to get up from that. Yeah, that's that's a face. Yeah, he was you need that. He was loopy for the rest of the match, and then same Zayn missed the top rope thing and got caught at the end of the days. Oh no! Yeah. 
So that's that's your thing. Also, for next week, they announced that uh, Uso's New Day going to the rap battle, and also we had a backstage segment where Daniel Bryan announced that there's going to be a uh, an Independence Day Battle Royal to determine who's going to fight for the U.S. title at Battleground. Makes sense. And then we had the Money in the Bank ladder match for the women. This match was really good. So, what made this match different and or necessary in the wake of the fact that they literally did this match two weeks ago? Well, they actually had, like, really fun spots with this. Like, at one point, Carmella was in the ring alone with the ladder, like, climbing up about to get the briefcase. Mm-hmm. And the other four women all got into the ring, gra- grabbed the ladder, lifted it up with Carmella on it. And just moved oh no. and just moved it out of the center of the ring so she couldn't get the briefcase. Sure, okay. It was really funny. You just see her like reaching like and just watching the briefcase get farther away. I remember you saying that the um that the women's match I I still haven't seen the, the women's money in the bank ladder match, the first one. It's like you know, aside from the shiptacular ending. Yeah. But I remember you saying that the uh that the match at then was very low on spots. So do you do you think they did a better job of like fixing that this time? Yeah, for sure. Like that, like that was a big spot. Like another one was, uh, I think it was Tamina, or it might have been Talia climbing up the ladder, one of them, and then Charlotte just put a ladder tilted on the side of the other one, just climbed up that one to get up the other ladder faster. So she used a ladder to get up the other ladder. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know, sometimes they do that spot where they you know insert the ladder into the side of the other one and just run up it. No, I know. He did that. That was cool. Yeah, there's good spots so people can hit with ladders and stuff. Like, it wasn't... Yeah, I'm I'm wondering, like, were there any, like, cool, like, exciting spots? Like, you know, look, man, we all remember fucking that crazy-ass ass sunset powerbomb flip from the fucking men's ladder match on at Money in the Bank. They kept this fairly safe. Mm. There was a good spot that did not involve a ladder that I yelled about. And that was a, uh, that was Natalia getting Becky Lynch into one of the sickest sit-out powerbombs I've ever seen. Okay. Like, that's the gif I used for this match in my article. Because it is just such a good powerbomb. Oh my god. Like, like, Becky just eats all of it. It's great. But the biggest spot of the match was, uh, James Ellsworth showing back up. Of course he did. And setting up the ladder and climbing it back up to go get the briefcase again. Because fuck you. We're going to do that finish again. Except that Becky Lynch showed up, kicked Carmella in the face, and then while oh no! Ellsworth was at the top of the ladder, shoved, it, shoved the ladder over, and he totally crossed the top rope. <laughs> and it was fantastic. That was the biggest spot of the match. But yeah, just- Once again, the biggest spot of the match goes to a man. Yeah, I mean, he was more willing to take a crazy bump like that. It's fine. The, the women did not need to take these crazy off-the-top of the ladder spots this early into them having ladder matches. Let them build up to it. But the, the finish of the match was actually uh, Becky Lynch climbing up the ladder, uh, Carmella pulling her off in a weird way that Becky actually, like, her knee buckled. So she was having trouble climbing up the ladder from that point. 
And then Carmella going, hey, guess what? This is no DQ. I've got a chair. Fuck you. Obliterator where the chair climbs up, gets the briefcase. Carmella wins. Why did we need to do this again? Like, literally, if the entire thing was just, hey, Carmella's got the belt, the briefcase again, yay! Like, why did we need to have this match again? Because people like you complained about a man getting the briefcase. So, we need the visual of a woman getting up to the top of the ladder and holding up the briefcase. That, that's hey, literally the only reason. I have a crazy idea. Uh-huh. Why didn't they just do this the first time? Because they wanted to make everyone angry. Because Vince McMahon. They literally just wanted to do that that scene of Hulk Hogan with fucking Sting and Macho Man cutting the promo about like you know the internet fans, brother, are they talking on the on the EOLs? What? The EOLs? You know. Yeah, I know. Hulk Hogan. I, know I know what you're talking about. No, but John, it's it's as if. Here, let me de- let me de- pitch you something super crazy. As if this was the plan's finish of the match, and then Vince McMahon at the last second changed it, and then there was big backlash, so they decided to go and do the actual finish. Is, wouldn't that be, like, a super stupid thing? Yeah, that would be real dumb. Yeah. Well, well, Who would do something like that? Anyway, that's SmackDown. Yep. Uh, also, talking smack is real good. You, I, I cannot do it justice. Just go watch it. I hear that the fight man said words. Yeah. Also, the Usos brought back uh, good old sweet beats, Danny Bryan. Danny Bryan was doing some freestyle rapping. Nope. Also, they tried to recruit recruit him as the third Uso and get him in their corner for the match at the pay-per-view. <laughs> Even though he's sure. the GM. He's like, wait, I can't do that. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. Usos, Usos going to do what the Usos are going to do. Also, the going to get their tactical advantage however they can. Also, the Usos straight up told Dan O'Brien what how the match was going to end. They said, "Yo, we're just going to get counted out again <laughs> because it worked so well the first time. We're just going to keep doing that until they go away." It's smart. I know, but Dan O'Brien was like super shocked by that. I was like, wait, no, don't do that. I'm not going to add stipulation to the match to stop it, but I'm just going to say don't do it. So, John, now it's... Come on, we all know that Daniel Bryan can't actually add stipulations to matches. That's true. But here, do do you want to uh, play a quick game with me? Yes. It's called... uh, It's 205 Live. Do you care? No. No, I'm going to ask you some stuff. Ready? Okay, fine. Gentleman Jack Gallagher, do you care? Yes. How about the Brian Kendrick as Gentleman Jack Gallagher? (laughs) Okay, now I'm even more interested. That is what happened. Jack Gallagher came out for his match. Then, when his opponent was announced, his music played again. And out came the Brian Kendrick in a suit with a fake mustache over his beard. Carrying an umbrella. What? He was also Jack Gallagher. Why? Called him a uh, a bad rip, a, a shitty cruiserweight ripoff of William Regal. Is that the the the, the thing he's doing now? 
Oh, you're just saying you're you're a bad you're a bad excuse for being a British person. I'm going to kill you. Okay. And then Brian Kendrick won the match by, or actually no, he <laughs> he lost the match. Oh. By disqualification because he just beat the Shavum with an umbrella. I don't know. I mean, that does seem like something Gentleman Jack Gallagher would do. And that's why the, the Brian Kendrick did it. He was just doing his impression. If I did it. By the Brian Kendrick. The best part was he wrestled the whole match in a suit. It was that, that was very good. Fine. Sure. And the, and, okay. and the fake mustache never came off. But the wig he also had on did almost fall off. It was, it was something. Um, okay. Mustafa Ali, do you care? Yes. The Dragulak, do you care? Yes. Well, they revealed a strange thing about Dragulak, and that's that... You know why he hates high-flying? Is he scared of heights? Yep. Oh, well, that makes sense. And during the match, he tried to do one-up uh, Mustafa Ali by actually doing a... Uh, a uh, super fly splash off the top rope. But his legs were all wobbly because he was scared. But I know it's a no, super fly splash sense. because he did the hand sign, the super fly hand sign first, and then he jumped and he missed. Oh. And then he got pinned. Because the landing right, hurt then. him so much that he could not go on. This all makes sense, actually. Yeah. It calls me out that he lost again, though. I like Drew Gulak. But I do I've think, heard this I, about I, you. I do think it's funny, though, that his whole gimmick now is he's actually afraid of high-flying. Oh, it makes sense why he would want to live in a no-fly zone. Yeah, exactly. It's, 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 it's a safe zone. No flying allowed. Anyway. Uh, Ari Davari, do you care? Nope. Uh, Norm Dar and Alicia Fox, do you care? Fuck no! How about uh, Norm Dar's phone getting destroyed? Do you care? No. Okay. Still no. Okay. That's 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 a no for me, dog. Okay. Uh Neville and Tozawa. No. And that's it for 205 Live. Alright. Perfect. We don't care. It, it's not great. It's it's just not a great show. But uh NXT's an okay show. NXT did have a new episode tonight, so why don't you Briefly tell me about Mara Ronaldo's first night on the job. Alright, let's play the game. It's Velveteen Dream. Do you care? Oh, wait, we're doing that for NXT? Yeah, sure. Okay, I, I do care. I like the Velveteen Dream. Yeah! Too bad he fought ho Loon. Now, here's my question, John. Why is ho Loon employed? I don't know! That guy fucking sucks! He's fucking terrible! He's really bad! Why is he? Why is he here? Like, it, here's the thing that I really wonder. Like, if he's the godfather of like Hong Kong wrestling, does that just mean that like everybody in the Hong Kong wrestling scene is is this bad? Hey, John, have you heard of anyone from the Hong Kong wrestling scene? I haven't. Exactly. Well, shit. Exactly. Velveteen Dream kicked his fucking ass. He sure did. He's really good. Look at that Macho Man elbow. That Macho Man elbow he throws is fucking nice. Yeah, and I like the. But like, other makes. than that, like his moves, like the way that he basic that after he hit that Macho Man elbow, he pinned him with his dick. As you do. 
like he's his character is perfect. Like the the way that he is doing like the prince fucking Jimi Hendrix thing, he is so fucking spot on. Like it is incredible. Also, when fucking Morrow called him the Purple Rainmaker, I I died. He's he's pretty Morrow's pretty good at his job. You suck, Morrow. I missed you so much. Mm-hmm. Please never leave again. Keep JBL away from full sale. What else we got? Interview an interview with Asuka. Do you care? Uh, no, I care about the actual match, though. Okay, well, I'm going to tell you about it anyway, because it was really funny, because it was fucking Asuka hanging out in the back of her car, and she does. getting asked questions, and her being like, I don't give a shit, whatever. And then fucking <laughs> Nikki Cross jumps the fucking hood of the car! Yeah, that was pretty good. You're it's right. screaming at her, it's great! You know what the best part is? They're screaming at each other. You know what the best part is, though, John? I've, I've, been, I've, been exactly, I've been exactly where they were during this segment. <laughs> so I know exactly where they were. That's like right out. The cars usually yeah, it was right there. in front of Full sale. Yeah, cars are not usually there. So it's super weird that they had a car there. Well, you know. Look, it's Asuka. She gets, a, she gets dropped off right at the front door. Mm-hmm. It's what you get when you're a champion. Fair. William Regal's really tiny desk. Do you care? Of course. It's- what the fuck is with William Regal's really tiny desk in his office? Well, he's got- like, I get that that's not actually his office, and it's just a set, and they're doing this shit, but come on, man. Really? You're telling me that he has, like, that tiny little computer desk that, like, you can't do any work on? Come on. John. He's William fucking Regal. He- John? Yeah? yeah? As if they made his desk real small, so that all the wrestlers in this segment looked real big. I guess, but come on. That's totally what, that's what, totally what they did, because they kept playing about this is the biggest, literally the biggest match in NXT history. Yeah, they they booked Heavy Machinery versus the Authors of Pain. And it's not at TakeOver, so I'm confused. No, it's, it's in a couple weeks, right? Yeah, it's in two weeks. It should be a TakeOver. It's going to be a long time until a TakeOver, though. I know, but... Still, I, I... Are you really complaining that we're not going to see this match now? I w- I'm excited to see this match now. Yeah, but I want to see the Heavy Machinery win the belts. Maybe they will. N- no, they're going to save that for TakeOver. How do you know? Fucking Blake and Murphy won the belts at, at a random show? Yeah, but... Th- but Fucking Samoa heels. Joe won the belt at a random show. Their heels. Samoa Joe won the belt not on television. Yeah, that was weird. I don't... NXT's crazy. You're right. I... Yeah, I think it's clear to me that NXT is willing to do whatever the fuck so long as it suits the thing. Fair enough. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oni Lurkin, do you care? Um, Of course. Oni Lurkin's great. Oni Lorcan might not be a good wrestler after all. He legit fucking killed Hideo Itami. I... And then they had to call off the match. And then they went to commercial. And then Itami came back out and was like, no, fuck that, I want the match! I think this was intentional. Think he broke his nose intentionally? I, yes. I, I could see Hideo being all in on this. Like, yeah, fucking, okay. fucking break my nose. Okay, I mean... I don't think, I don't think his nose was actually broken. I think that was... You know, 
a little wrestling magic. He was bleeding pretty hard, though, dog. Like, after the match, even, when he came back out, like, no, the blood was starting to flow again. Okay. But I still... No, that right. that was not fake. That was definitely not fake. Okay, but I can still see Hideo saying, yeah, go all the way, because I'm going to also beat the shit out of you during this match, which he did. Do it. Yeah. I mean, Hideo needs something to get himself over. This is a pretty badass way to do it. Yeah, I suppose so. Oni Lorcan's great. This match was great. It was a real good match, and then Oni Lorcan died. Yeah. Because of course he did. But this match was great, and I, I would like to see these guys wrestle all the time, please. Cassius Ono, do you care? No. I do know what, what happened here, though. I did watch this. Alexander Wolf cut a promo! Yeah, where's Eric After Young? After Sanity showed up and beat the shit out of them. Where's Eric Young? He said that he's off planning shit. No, I mean, like, where is he? actually is he? Oh, I don't know. I was wondering if he's actually at this taping or not. I don't know. This is Hopefully. really weird that he was cutting a promo. I liked it. I thought it was great. He's, he kind of does sound like Junk Rat. Yeah, was, I, I, I did enjoy it. And I also liked that uh, Killing Dane got to say one word. And then the promo ends because Nikki Cross is like, no, get the fuck out of my ring. That is literally what she did. It's great. And they're like, all right, please stop yelling at us. We'll go. And then they went, and then Asuka came out, and they had their last woman standing match. This match may be on my, my match of the year list. It was real. You, you hear the cat? The cat really liked it, and she's really in favor of this match. Yeah, like, I don't think it's going to be at the top of my match of the year list, but it's going to be you know, near the bottom. It was a really good match. It was really well done. I, you know, I think that one of the things that they also did really well was they addressed, like, my worry that I had a couple weeks ago where I, I was saying to you, like, I think that this is a really weird position for them to be putting Asuka in when they're, you know, turning Asuka heel to have her be a face in this match. But... I think that they addressed that really well. I think that they did a really good job of, you know, having Asuka clearly look tough and clearly willing to do things that are kind of fucked up, like, you know, shoving Nikki Cross in a trash can and just kicking that fucking trash can to death. Yeah, fuck that trash can. Like, I think that they did a really good job of showing, like, Asuka having an edge and a just complete apathy for her opponent's well-being. Antipathy, even, for her opponent's well-being that I think that they can really build on mm -hmm. to, like, go further into the heel turn for her. Yeah, and also they showed that Asuka is literally indestructible. Yeah. Because, holy shit, that spot with the, with the pile of chairs. Motherfuck. Her head hit the ramp, and she still got up. I also really liked when she threw Nikki Cross into the pile of chairs. Yes. That sucked. I really like the... See, that's the... Th See, this is kind of the thing that I come from. Is like, you know... I feel like neither Women's Money in the Bank ladder match had any spot like that. They didn't have, like, you know... For as much as they were, like, all oh, historic first ever match, like, they kind of p did it with kid gloves and kind of did the thing of it's like, well, it's ladies. We don't want to do anything too dangerous because the WAMs can't handle it. Whereas, like, here you have fucking Asuka and Nikki Cross, like, doing the kind of shit that, like... I feel like you rarely even see in, like, actual fucking WWE Extreme Rules matches anymore. Hey, John? Yeah? I think they did this 
intentionally as these women, you know, making that claim to the main roster going, listen, you, you can do this shit. This is how you, this is how you get it done. So it's just, in other words, you're saying it's just Triple H continuing to be like, fuck you. I started the women's revolution. I, I think it was the actual women that, that proposed these spots. And Triple Even H is just like, yeah, fuck it. Why not? Go for it. If you, if you yeah, do what you got to do. It all looks good to me because fuck, you make NXT look good. It makes me look good. Exactly. So I, I think it was them, like the women actually making that claim going, this is how it's done. Well, either way, whoever did it, fuck yeah. Yeah. You made the right fucking calls. Indeed. That's NXT? Also, was... you're not talking about the spot at the end with the on top of the ladder going through the announce table? Oh, yeah. That was sick. That was fucking wild. I thought for sure it was going to be a double count out. So, I was less surprised that Asuka won. I'm, su- I'm surprised that Asuka somehow just slid off there. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. But I thought they were going to set up another match. But nope, this, that was definitive. And I feel like, again, I feel like that was the right choice because, you know, they had to get Nikki Cross out of the way. They had to get, like, the other top heel in the company that Asuka hasn't really, like, you know, had a real one-on-one match with out of the way so that they can go on to the story that they're actually trying to tell of, no, Asuka is the big monster heel who fucking sucks. Yep. Indeed. Like, she's fucking unkillable, but it's because she fucking sucks. Yep. And that's what I think we all want. Indeed. Is that it? So yeah, that's NXT. I give it my cat crying out of... Two. That's pretty good. Meow. And that is it for Heel Turn. That's it for my cat? Yes, I have to kill my cat now? No, please don't kill your cat. Please just instead plug our stuff. Okay, well, I mean, I guess I could tell you that this has been Heel Turn, a production of ProWrestling.Cool. It's not just cool, it's not cool. It's not just cool, it's our website that we run where we have a whole bunch of neat stuff. We have commentary, we have criticism, we have about last night's and content on all of the fun stuff. Uh, check it out. It's, it's a great site. It's an actual URL. Type in ProWrestling.Cool. People seem to not believe that it's a real URL, and I never understand it. .Cools are real, man. They're the realest. Also, make sure you check out our Patreon at Patreon.com slash PWC. That's a place where you can give us money. Yeah, for exclusive content, like show notes for this and all past and future episodes. Or being appearing as a guest on the pre-show. Maybe you'll even get to see my cat. Also, you sometimes I write reviews about the raw pay reviews that I put up exclusively on Patreon. John doesn't tend to do that for SmackDown, but that's okay. I started one for Money in the Bank, and then I was just like, ah, this fucking show. Yeah, it's understandable. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, check that out also on Facebook, facebook.com slash PWDOTC, or on Twitter at The Heel Turn. And, of course, we stream this sucker live on the internet every Monday starting at 9 p.m. Monday? Over Mix... Or, sorry, Wednesday. Monday, Jesus. Look, man, days are all relative when you think about it. But, but John, I hate Mondays. We invented time. John, I hate Mondays. But you love lasagna. Yeah, but, but, but I really hate Mondays, because that's when Raw is. 
Check us out every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern over at Mixler.com slash ZoneCast or at Twitch.tv slash Ozone Online. Indeed. John, thank you. Yeah? Thank you again for being on. Of course. And we will be back next Wednesday. Wednesday, John. We'll be next next Wednesday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And until then... Wait! Twitter and other things at I am John GM for me and then at the underscore ozone for him. Nah, they don't need to follow us. It's fine. Y'all come back now, you hear? This podcast is a part of the Zonecast Network, produced and edited by Owen Douglas. Find more of our shows at zonecast.com.